Welcome to Behind the Warrior, a podcast presented by the EOD Warrior Foundation. This series will focus on resources, interviews, and topics impacting EOD warriors, their families, and the military community at large. Hello, everyone. This is Sherry Beck, and I am joined today with Maria Shabla. Maria is my co-host, and we are both looking forward to speaking with Maurice Hunter. Maurice is an artist, writer, jiu-jitsu teacher, and a self-relationship guide. Maurice was introduced to us by Maria, and she has an interesting story of how they met and his concept on self-love. Maria? Hello, Sherry and Maurice. Um, yeah, so several years ago, um, I think I started seeing some feeds on Facebook, um, and it was Maurice um, talking about his his concept of self-love, and I, I believe he was selling jewelry, um, and the T-shirts, I saw the logo. And when I saw it, I, I was just instantly, like, compelled by the message. I, I felt like it was really important, and it was kind of new. I hadn't I hadn't seen anything in the media really promoting the idea of self-love. So I kept seeing it um, in, in Facebook, and I, I just thought, you know, I need to meet this man. So um, I sent him a message, and I just said, you know, I love your message, and can we meet? And I don't know how many people he, he's gotten <laughs> messages like that from, but he was kind enough to meet me. And I think we met at Barnes and Noble in Destin. And, you know, he took the time to just explain to me the concept and, you know, what his goals were at that time. So, and then we became friends. Well, wonderful. And Maurice, welcome to Behind the Warrior. Thank you. I appreciate you all for inviting me to have this conversation with you. And I'm very much looking forward to telling you more about self-love. Great. So I, I read your article entitled, There is Nothing More Beautiful Than Self-Love, that was published in Vi Magazine in February of 2020. I took some notes and have some follow-on questions and would enjoy talking about your thought process behind the self-love concept. Sure, let's do it. Why is it so important to you personally? And really, it all started with a letter to your daughter, correct? Yes, it did. Um, my daughter is 13 now, and... This started back when she was going on two years of age. She was just about two at that time. And I wanted to write her a letter to express ideas about self-value and self-empowerment, to give her something to help with a lot of the challenges a lot of females, women have uh, growing up and and in their adulthood with self-esteem and whatnot. So I kind of was one of those people who talked to a lot of women about these types of things. And I felt like I had some valuable information. So I wanted to write it all down and just make sure she had that in her possession as she grew. So I started writing. And as I was writing, I started noticing this concept of self-love appearing throughout the writing. So I became obsessed with the idea. As I kept writing, I kept discovering more. And then I started kind of using the writing to help me develop what I was noticing. And in addition to that, I started studying different things outside of my writing to help me get a better understanding, just to kind of get other people's opinions on some of these ideas that I was kind of discovering for myself with the writing. And eventually I started sharing the information with other people. They started feeling like it was useful to them. So I decided to find a way to share it with as many people as possible. And that's how I ended up creating a organization that I called self-love at the time. And that's when you 
and I probably started, uh, you've probably started noticing me a little bit, a little bit after that, when I started making um, products and whatnot to kind of help promote the idea through putting it on t-shirts, jewelry, and uh, other things to kind of get the message out there that way. And it kind of opened the door for me to be able to have more of these conversations. So that's kind of how it started. And then it became my own personal way of life. Uh, for me, self-love is more than something you you do as far as, you know, the things you say to yourself or treating yourself to a date or doing something kind to yourself. It's it's more of a, uh, a way to have... Um, to build your self-relationship, to experience yourself. And it's more about what you do to your mind than it is to about what you say to your, about your body or you say to yourself in general. So it became a way of life. It became a, a philosophy of life. I see everything through self-love. And personally, I can sum up all of life through self-love. And um, yeah, I just kept developing it and, and to the point where it's how I see everything basically now. Well, it's a it's a beautiful concept, um, Maurice, and I think you know the world certainly can utilize that, and um, not only from an individual standpoint, but also how you potentially view others. You know, I think you and I had a, a brief conversation a couple of weeks ago where we were talking about how you can actually utilize self love to maybe be in a non judgmental state of somebody else that may be having problems or, you know, having a rough day and how you can like, I don't know, have inner dialogue with yourself and how that certainly the the concept of self-love promotes the positive reaction instead of a negative one. So you can, if you can share a little bit about that, I would love that. Definitely. Um, That's actually one of the most common, um, misconceptions i believe about self-love and when i say um misconceptions i mean that a lot of people tend to think self-love is selfish and that you it makes you not care about or think about other people and one thing i discovered in my understanding of self-love is that the the highest expression of self-love is to love everyone because whoever you love you experience love through that expression so the more i love other people the more i experience love within myself so loving someone else is the highest act of self-love so that's a major part of uh how i learned to understand it and how i explain it to people when i when i go deeper into the the conversation about it because self-love is looking at every everyone as a reflection of your own belief system so to speak in my opinion Mm -hmm. so if i judge someone a certain way i'm basically judging myself in a lot of ways if whatever i think about another person i'm thinking about myself so if i love someone else naturally i'm loving myself and i think that's where that that popular phrase you you can't love another unless you love yourself comes from i think on on a deeper level what's being said there is i have to love in order to love someone else I, i have to love myself because that's the only way that I'm going to experience love. I can only express what's inside of me, right? So in order for me to express love, I have to already have love within myself. Mm-hmm. So naturally, I'm I'm basically declaring an experience of love within myself, my own love by telling someone or showing someone expressing love towards someone else. So 
again, loving as many people as possible is how you experience the most self-love. Mm-hmm. And it's important to understand or have an idea of what love is, too, because a lot of people think, well, how can you love everybody? What if someone is mean to you or that kind of a thing or, or tries to harm you? And I think um, a big part of understanding self-love is understanding the two words that make up the phrase or the, the, the word. So you have self and love. So however you experience or understand self and however you understand love is how you're going to determine or define self-love. So one of the first things I had to do when I started developing my understanding is define those two words. Mm-hmm. And after exploring and getting into what I think I am and self is in general, and then what love is, I recognize that they're actually two they're, they're, they're basically the same experience. So self and love are, if you think about when you're in love with someone, how do you feel? You feel inspired. You feel like you can do anything. You feel like you can be yourself. You feel like you can conquer anything. You feel connection. You feel all these amazing experiences within. And then when you feel like you're being yourself, you feel the exact same way. You feel inspired. You feel joy you feel at peace you feel like you can do anything you feel fearless and brave and and like you can pretty much accomplish whatever you want so i started to notice that self-love is experiencing yourself as love having yourself identified with the experience of love so basically understanding that love is within you and that's part of who you are and that's the experience that sums up self-love for me it's that inner experience of being love rather than having love or getting love from someone that's who you are Mm -hmm. so now it's easier to express love because if you are identifying with the experience of love all you have to do is express yourself and you're literally expressing love wonderful well thank you for sharing that um, maurice i think it's really 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 cool and I think I have I have a couple of questions, follow-on questions that I've been thinking about as I've been listening to you. And one of them is, um, I understand that you wrote the letter to your daughter when she was about two years old, and she's now 13. And um, how do you, do you feel that she has, um, I guess, grasped the concept that you're trying to teach and to encourage her and also your other children about the self-love concept? It's a wonderful question. And I would have to say she's still figuring out some of these ideas and still learning (laughs) just as I am myself. But uh, I think I like to look at it as as long as I keep exposing her to the information and keep being an example of it, it's a matter of time before she starts to it's, it's just going to be in there and eventually she's going to be able to access it. She's mm-hmm. just going, you know, they're going through a, a growth process trying to figure things out. So she's in, I have a lot of competition basically with what's inspiring her right now. So well, for eventually, sure. <laughs> yeah, she, uh, when the information is useful, I think it'll be there for her to use it. So I'm just focusing on making sure I keep exposing her to it and being an example of Right. What a beautiful, beautiful message for your children, for sure. Um, and yes. speaking of that, so what, like, do you have sort of um, a 
a practice that you do every day, like a, a ritual, uh, you know, that that you go through, um, or is it just uh, is it has it just become a natural thing for you? And the other question I have is, I know that you are a jujitsu instructor, and mm-hmm. do you believe that that ties into your practice of self love as well? Absolutely, I think everything I do is part of my practice of self-love and specifically related to jujitsu. I'll start with that question mm-hmm. first. It's more of a jujitsu is, is a very mental spiritual practice. And that's one of the reasons why I was drawn to it. I believe is because it requires me to have a certain confidence, a certain ability to deal with my emotion and deal with challenges in a way that's, um, with confidence and uh, belief in myself. So it, it challenges me physically to practice some of the mental and emotional things that I practice. It's, it's another form of practice. So in jujitsu, with the sparring, especially, you know, you're dealing with someone simulating physical harm, conflict, challenge. So overcoming those obstacles in practice and training and finding ways to survive and stay calm and not panic when I'm in a tough spot helps me develop this, this sense of uh, belief in myself, as I mentioned, and an understanding of, of who I am in those moments. I, I get to face my psychology, my belief system, my fears, so to speak, and then figure out how to, how to work with them and, and not be a victim to them, but actually use them for my benefit. So it's tremendously helpful with practicing self-love in that way. And then as far as um, my daily practice, I I definitely still practice. I think it's an ongoing thing. It's also become somewhat natural for me. But the main thing that I look to practice daily, um, besides waking up in the morning and, and saying thank you, just uh, expressing gratitude, I don't, I don't look to be grateful for any specific thing i just like to create the experience of gratitude so i do that by just saying thank you several times when i wake up i say i love you i don't say i love you with any specific person in mind i just say it to create the experience of love within myself i just say it so i like to use um i call it i call it mental techniques to create internal experiences but I try not to uh, attach them to any specific person, place, or thing. I just make it something that I just do just because of how it feels to do it. So that's the key to me. So that way there's no conditions on it. You know what I mean? So if I put a condition like it has to be about this certain person or certain thing, then if it doesn't, if those things aren't there, then I am I'm basically depriving myself of that experience. So if I do it with no conditions, then I get the experience no matter what's going on, no matter what condition I'm in. So that's a big part of what I do daily. I do that in the morning and I do that at night before I go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And throughout the day, I practice making sure that with every emotional experience I have, I'm taking full responsibility for it. So I never use language that suggests someone else can make me feel an emotion. Because then that puts me in a victim standpoint or or mindset. And it makes me feel helpless to the things I feel. And if I don't have control over it, then that means 
I didn't create it, which means I can't change it. So the moment I take responsibility, it puts me in a power position to be able to do something about it versus feeling victimized by the experience. So a huge part of self-love for me is understanding emotion because self-love to me goes hand in hand with mental health. And basically when we're talking about mental health in my understanding, we're talking about emotion primarily because if we, I'm sure you all have heard emotions come from thoughts and not just any thought, it comes from the thoughts we believe. So if we believe a thought and we have a negative association with a thought, then we're going to experience the energetic equivalent of that thought. So if I think, if I think someone being rude or mean is negative and I believe that about someone and I think that's happening to me, then I'm going to experience the feeling I have associated with my belief about those words. So with that understanding, I consciously make sure I'm very, very aware of what I say and what I'm allowing myself to believe about what I say or what, what thoughts come to my mind. So that's a practice that's daily taking place. And what helps me practice that is when I have a thought, I don't, I don't personalize the thought. Typically, I look at it as my mind's thought. That thought belongs to my mind, especially if I didn't consciously think it. If I just appeared, if something happened and I, I, I can, I learn to watch what my mind does in response to things that are happening outside of me. So that's one way to get to know yourself is to see what kind of projection you put on things that you experience in your, your day-to-day life. So I'll make sure that whatever thought comes up, I look at that as that's what my mind thought. That was my subconscious belief. So I, I look at that as me learning what's in my mind as far as my belief system. And now I can look at whatever popped up. If someone was yelling and my mind said, oh, that's mean. Why are they talking to you like that? I don't look at that as my thought. I look at that as my mind's thought. So I review that and then ask myself, do I want to believe that? Or how do I want to feel about that or think about that? And then I can edit and change that to be more loving. This is me practicing being loving and experiencing love. So the goal with that is to create, to make love with every thought. Basically is a good way to say it. I think I'm finding a way to perceive and create thoughts that could give me the experience of love. So again, since emotions, in my opinion, come from thoughts, I have learned to actively, consciously create thoughts that generate and produce an experience of love as much as possible. And a big part of that is to make sure that I'm in a power position to do that. And to be in that power position, I have to be responsible for the thoughts and feelings. So I can go on and on about this, but I'll just <laughs> leave it right there. And if you have any questions, I'll be happy to answer. Well, uh, again, I'm I'm listening to you pretty intently. And I, I believe what I'm also hearing is that um, in a lot of situations, and I, I would say I'm completely guilty of this, and, and maybe a lot of people are, but if somebody makes me angry or I feel hurt, you know, there's a there is a level of, I think, um, blame that you want to place on on the feelings that you feel, you know? Yes. And um, it, what I'm understanding is that 
if you practice um, some of the concepts that you are talking about that equal self-love, then you can actually change your inner dialogue to have a more positive response versus a negative reaction. Because, I mean, at a cellular level, that's really not healthy at all. (laughs) Absolutely. And we can give a thousand examples of why. You know, the way you experience emotion affects your body and your mm-hmm. overall well-being on, on many levels. But if you if you look at emotion, I'm sure you all may have heard this, that there's basically two different two emotions, either love or fear. And everything else falls within the spectrum of either one. So fear would be anything that doesn't feel good emotionally and love would be anything that feels good emotionally so if i if i feel anything that's unpleasant emotionally like i'm mad frustrated annoyed upset then i'm afraid on some level mm-hmm. there's some level of fear so if i just address the thoughts that are associated with that fear based experience because to feel anything if we go back to the idea that it, it's based on a thought and created by a thought then to solve that feeling or to to um, change that experience to something else, I have to go to the source of the feeling. And the source is not ever going to be something outside of me. It's always going to be something within, which is a thought in this case. So I'm going to go to what must I believe right now to make me have this feeling? There's some thought. If I, if you ask yourself or anybody else, what, why do you feel that way? They're going to tell you something, right? They're going to say it's because such and such did X, Y, Z. Well, that's the thought right there. It's not that such and such did something. It's that you have a thought that such and such did something and that thought doesn't feel good to you. So then I would look to transform that thought in some form or fashion. Now, I've always, I've noticed a lot that people have trouble with this because you do want to feel like people are are not mistreating you and and you deserve a certain level of respect and, and all of that. And if you don't get mad at someone or, or blame them for what they did, then it's like letting them get away with mistreating you or what have you. But the thing is that I like to remind people is that, first of all, no one, we, we can't, um, there's, no one, there's no way to truly punish somebody for something they, they, that we think they did to us, number one. And number two, you can disagree with someone's behavior, but you don't have to torture yourself emotionally at the same time. I can have a conversation with you with, you know, regarding my disagreement about the way you were talking or acting or what have you, but I don't have to be miserable emotionally while I do it. I don't have to have that emotional reaction. I don't have to invest emotion in my judgment of some behavior or some words that someone else said. I can still address it, still disagree, still not approve. But at the same time, I can be in a pleasant or at least an emotional state that doesn't make me feel bad. It doesn't hurt me. So the goal is to try to figure out how to develop that understanding and ability to be able to notice something that you don't agree with, but not make it an emotional experience to where you're actually torturing yourself because that emotion that you feel does not affect the person who did whatever they did to you. 
you know, you can express your anger, but they can choose now how they want to respond to that. And they can decide that that's not something they care about and they can brush it off. Meanwhile, you are torturing yourself, being upset about it and doing all that stuff to your body, as we mentioned, on a cellular level and whatnot, that is only affecting you. So being angry, being upset, all the negative emotion only affects you for sure. It might affect them if they allow it to, but the other person doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. The one who is definitely going to affect for sure is the one who's expressing it. Because again, you can't express something if it's not in you. Whatever comes out has to already be inside. So to understand that helps tremendously with, again, being able to look to the source, the true source of any emotional experience. And another way to help understand that too is, or at least it helped me, was if we think about emotion and where it is it's it's located within our body right it's inside anyone outside has no access to our emotion all they can do is say or do something and then we have to tell ourselves what that means to us so no one has access to what goes on within ourselves but us person outside can't touch our emotion they can't manipulate our emotion they can't make us feel anything only we have access to that it's all inside there's no such thing as wearing your emotion on your sleeve that's an idea that to me that reflects a person who's in an who has an experience of believing someone outside of them is creating their emotional experience but it's not a literal statement you are the only one with access to your emotion right and no one else can touch your emotion. So therefore, no one else can make you feel any, any emotion. And this is one of the toughest things to get for a lot of people that I've seen. But once you get over that belief that other people can make you mad, and again, we all say it, so it's a part of our language. So it helps to change the language so that you can help yourself develop a new belief about it. But once you do that, it changes everything completely taking full responsibility and understanding that I'm thinking something that's making me feel this way. And I can address people's behavior that I disagree with without torturing myself emotionally. This message is just so profound, Maurice. And listening to you um, explain it, I just feel that the concept is so empowering, you know, to anybody that that's listening. I would I hope so. I mean, that's definitely what I'm aiming to do, at least just um, provide a different alternative to how you might be experiencing emotion right now. Like whether you agree with it or you want to actually look to implement it, at least you're hearing a different way of going about it that's possible. And to me, that's the most important thing, just knowing that there's other options and then you can choose whatever you like. But just knowing that there's other possibilities, we don't have to feel tortured and helpless and victims to what we feel. And I think that's a big part of the whole mental health thing, as I was saying before. It's understanding how to change the relationship to thoughts and feelings. And a lot of times that starts with, like any other relationship, getting to know what you're looking to relate to. Getting to know that really well, the more you understand it, the easier it is to relate and to 
to have an experience that's that's pleasant. So the relationship to thoughts and feelings is is key. Right. Um, goes back to that old, um, you know, thoughts, feelings, and actions. <laughs> and Absolutely. Uh, also, I think for our listeners out there, as, as we go through this podcast and we listen to you, Maurice, I, I want everyone to um, really understand that this is a concept for consideration, like you said. Um, yes. It's, if if things are not working for you in in how you react and respond to other people in your life, whether it is, you know, a loved one or, you know, someone in the grocery store line with you, um, or how you are how you are talking to yourself with your inner dialogue. This is just a concept to consider. And certainly, I am I am a believer that um, you know there is something out there for everyone. And in this podcast series, we really do try to provide a variety of resources that allow for exploration. So, um, with with that, Maurice, and for those who do follow your work, um, what type of feedback have you received regarding you know? the way folks have maybe changed their dialogue and, and their, um, I don't know, just their perception of how they should feel, react, respond? It's a great question. Um, typically, going back to the emotion and the thoughts, that's what I typically focus on when it comes to self-love. And usually what I hear is, that people feel more empowered when they have a negative emotional experience, whether it's about of depression or anxiety, or they just have uh, a moment with their, their children or their, their loved one where they normally get into an argument or a disagreement and they feel a lot of intense emotion, negative emotion, and they feel helpless to it. They feel like they don't know what to do. A lot of times I start to hear after us working together or talking about it, that they start noticing the thoughts in those moments instead of focusing on the person. They start noticing the thoughts that they have about the person. And oftentimes they say they just break out laughing right there on the spot and realize, why am I acting like this? When I see, I can see now that this doesn't make sense because I'm blaming my child for making me mad when I could change the way I'm looking at their behavior and then I can address it and get better results with a more positive approach versus being angry at them. Same thing with a, a spouse. So that's the, that's the big one is that that awareness of looking at their body and their mind in those moments objectively and understanding the relationship from a completely different point of view. And again, oftentimes it, it inspires laughter because you realize you were you were basically uh, completely absorbed in an experience of judgment and negative emotion that you kind of lost yourself in that. And then to step outside and see that oftentimes is, is very uh, using, to say the least. So I get that a lot. People just start laughing in the middle of mm-hmm. arguments and emotional experiences that normally they would feel completely helpless. Right. 
Well, and I think the key to all of it also is I love that you say that you practice and because um, it can't just be something that you do twice a week. <laughs> it's It's got to be a practice that um, you implement every day and the expression of gratitude in the morning and in the evening and all of those things to me just create a level of positivity that make things that may be challenging that come your way a little bit more manageable because let's face it, you know, I mean, you, you are a very calm and well-spoken individual that, you know, has been practicing this for a while and it's, it's really incredible to listen to you and, and the calmness in your voice and all those sorts of things. But do you ever have a bad day, Maurice? I stopped having bad days years you did. ago. To be honest. <laughs> really? Okay. Well, first of all, let me let me explain what I mean by that. Okay. Um, to me, to again, I was saying earlier how the language, right, that we use is 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 key. So I no longer use that language. I don't have bad days anymore. To say I have a bad day is to create a bad day. And I don't ever want to create a bad day. So I'm never going to say that, number one. Okay. Because that's just an opinion, right? It's an opinion. It's a perspective. There are no bad days, in my opinion. It's just what you make it. So I would never make a bad day. I would never feel miserable. I would never have, you know, any of those things I used to think that happened to me and I'm not creating, I don't create that anymore. I believe it's a created thing, created experience. So that's kind of what I mean. Mm -hmm. Secondly, I do have times where I forget, like, you know, I get, I get caught up in a subconscious pattern and then I have to recognize it. And that happens to me. Like, I don't think it's, it's never, I don't, this is something I try to explain to like, you're not looking to, to me, you're not looking to get to a place where you don't have any unpleasant experiences or you don't have any challenges. It's to get to a place where you understand them better so that they're easier to deal with. They're more manageable. As you mentioned, you want to develop an understanding to where when it happens, you know what to do in the moment versus feeling like a victim and helpless in those moments. So yes, I have moments where I have, you know, a little belief or a pattern that comes up and then maybe I feel, I feel some frustration or some fear even, and then I recognize it. So it's, it's like I was, I lost myself in it for a second. Then something helps me remember, or I notice it at some point. And then I can turn it off just like that. I can switch the thinking quickly. I've developed the ability to to be able to use my thinking in ways that are productive when I'm aware. And that's the key is to develop a broader sense of awareness throughout the day. A lot of us are, as they say, 95% of the time, we're operating out of our subconscious mind, which means we're, we're not even aware of what's going on. We're like just walking around reacting to everything. So mm -hmm. the goal is to shift that to being more aware so you can make conscious choices throughout the day. When someone says, hey, how are you doing? You don't have an automatic response that you just say every time you hear that. You know, you can actually thoughtfully answer it. 
And that goes for any conversation or any experience. So that's the key is to develop that awareness. And sometimes, again, I get caught up in not being aware. But once I'm aware, I can snap out of it. And before I I developed this, I was like a lot of people who get into these moments of anger or frustration and, and some kind of conflict. And they're there for a while. Like they're, they're the thoughts, the thoughts are, are coming and they keep dwelling on it and it builds and it gets bigger and bigger. And sometimes a day or two can go by and you're still dwelling in this unpleasant feeling. Well, I've gotten to the point now where as soon as I notice it, I can immediately change it. Literally just like that. It's a quick wow. shift pivot in my mind and my psychology and I can change one feeling to another. I can create a feeling and that's a whole nother conversation but yeah you can get to a point where you can use your mind if i want to do something that requires a certain type of energy i can think a certain way to create that energy and put myself in that state kind of like what an actor would do a great seasoned actor does we're all doing this every day it's just not knowing that we're doing it and not doing it consciously so that's a big part of uh my experience is when I do have those rare moments where I find myself experiencing something unpleasant, I don't feel like a victim to it. I feel very confident in being able to change it. And I don't suffer from it because I'm making it personal. You know, I'm, I'm understanding how to look at it in an objective way. Like my body is feeling frustrated. My mind is thinking these thoughts. So what do I want to do about it? I can, I can sit in it for a minute and feel it and experience it. I don't, I don't try to avoid any feelings because again, I have a relationship with it where I don't suffer from it. So it's not, it's not this horrible thing for me. It's something that it's just an experience and I know it's temporary and I know at any moment I can shift it. So I, I welcome all feelings. I, I accept all feelings. I don't run from any feeling. And then when I'm ready to change it, or I feel like I'm, I've had enough of that experience. I'll change it. So, Maurice, what do you yes. hope to change for people who are willing to consider this concept of self-love and begin actively practicing? Okay. Um, I wouldn't say I want to change anything, but what I would say is kind of what I mentioned earlier is just simply inspire people to see new options. So if they're not happy with their current experience or the way they they deal with certain emotional experiences, whether it's the common things of depression and anxiety, I typically help a lot of people with those. Um, if you're if you're having some bouts of, of either one or just a lot of conflict in different areas, just understanding there's different ways to have those experiences and different ways to deal with them. And you don't have to deal with any of those. There's other alternatives as far as how you can experience any aspect of life without those extremely unpleasant emotional experiences. So basically to share other options, to give people information that can help them see ways to change if they want to change and if they don't that's fine too like I'm, I'm not looking to change the world or help people because 
that goes against, I know it kind of probably sounds a little strange to say, I don't want to help people, but it goes against my understanding of self-love. Like we're all creators. We all are creating according to whatever we choose. So everybody can help themselves. My thought is just to give more information so that people have more ways to help themselves if they choose to. So it's just about providing that extra information that they may or may not have and giving them more tools that they can use in their life. Wonderful. Um, Well, we certainly, that's the goal of this podcast today was to be able to share this message with our listeners, um, Maurice. And um, it's, it's really, really interesting. And, uh, appreciate all of the thought that you've put in and the investment you've made, um, not only for yourself, but for your, your children and your family and, and for those that really do want to learn about it. So I think it's awesome. Um, I'm going to pivot for a minute because um, I read about another project that you were involved in, um, in 2019 and you partnered with an artist, uh, Maxine Orange to create a sculpture called Love Thyself Statue. Um, yes. Tell us where this is located and, you know, the unique placement of this statue. Sure. It's located about a mile out from Grayton Beach and about 60 feet, I believe, underneath uh, the water. So it would require school gear to go down there and check it out. But there's several pieces, statues down there. I believe they've been doing that project for a few years now. Mm-hmm. And Maxine and I partnered to create it. Um, it's actually a it's a it's a female, a woman in front of what we created to be um, a mirror to to be a mirror, and then above the mirror it, it reads "Love thyself," um, so that she can see it so it's facing her so if you're looking at it from the opposite end it would look backwards the writing and the goal was to to create an image that shows or suggests the idea of everything you see because it's it's just a frame with no glass so the mirror is implied and the mirror is anything you see so all of life is a reflection of your own self your belief system who you think you are so when you love thyself then all you see is some form of love and that was the concept behind the piece and she ended up modeling for the sculpture of the woman so that's actually her face and torso that is uh displayed there in the statue and it was a great project. It's fun. Uh, we submitted it. It got accepted and we had a blast creating it. Mm-hmm. And the whole process of watching it go down into the water and all of that was amazing. That is really super cool. So this is at the um, Underwater Museum of Art located in Grayton Beach. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Wonderful. Um, unfortunately, I am not a scuba diver <laughs> and probably never will be, but um, I really uh, found that piece of art very interesting and the whole concept behind it very interesting so what a cool project to work on and uh you know share with the world absolutely it's great so what new projects are you working on and hope to introduce into into the world in 2022 
Okay. Um, I'm still writing. So I have a couple of, a couple more manuscripts that I'm looking to have published next year. And I'm working on developing and launching a company that is going to be an inspirational content creation company where basically with all the stuff we've been talking about, um, I'm going to look to have a ton of content created with all of these ideas and look to share them in a ton of different creative ways. So the company is going to utilize pretty much all formats, audio, video, text, and pretty much any medium to distribute all of the uh, content. So um, books, digital, music, TV, film, all of the above. And the first projects that are going to be released are two of my books. Um, one is going to be, well, the first one is going to be Vibe Wisely, which is a book about emotion. Uh, naturally, that's a big part of the whole message. And then the second one after that is going to be 52 Weeks, which is a full year of practice tools and uh, ideas to help a person be able to uh, implement a lot of the ideas that they find useful. So I'm not intending for people to go through the whole year per se, if, if they want to cool, but I think you'll find something in there. It's so much, it's so dense with information and ideas that something will probably resonate. And, you know, if you, if you like to practice any of it, it will be tons of ideas on how to go about doing that in that book. And what's cool about that book though, is I have this campaign lined up that I'm developing also where I intend to sell over a million books in one day, the day of the release. Wow. And it's, it's a huge campaign that I'm very excited about. And the main goal with that campaign is to, to use this huge concept to generate a large amount of exposure in a short period of time in which to creatively share a lot of this information. And the book is just kind of like a symbol of that whole process. So it's more about getting the information out and to succeed with something like that, you have to do a lot of press, obviously a lot of marketing, a lot of promotion. And I'm counting on all of that marketing and promotion to find creative ways to share a lot of this information. And then what will result of that is Hopefully, well, I, I'm pretty confident that we'll succeed in this. The the purchasing of all of these these books, and that's just the icing on the cake, I think. And again, it's a it's a symbol of the entire campaign. And it's a it's gonna be a campaign of unity where I'm intending to bring together a lot of people from different walks of life, different backgrounds to come together and show the power of unity. So very excited about that. That's the, the big thing I'm looking to, to get the ball rolling on for next year. Well, I will absolutely be one in that million and purchase your book. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. I cannot that. wait. I will do the same, Maurice. And I mean, awesome. it, it's just truly inspirational. It, it really, really is. And um, I love I love the message of unity. I think what... Um, I think you have a very ambitious goal, and I love your level of confidence that goes along with that. And uh, certainly we will include that information in the podcast write-up when we publish this, too, and um, share with our listeners. But um, 
I, I found this quote um, on one of your posts, and, and I really love it. And I think it's such an important message for young people, um, teenagers especially, and those that are looking, you know, to find their way in the world. And um, this can certainly apply to adults too. But the quote reads, Confidence isn't thinking you are better than everyone else. It's realizing that you have no reason to compare yourself to anyone else. I found that very powerful. And I noticed that you use quotes throughout your work. And um, is it because of the simplicity of the words or or what, what speaks to you when you see something? Yeah, for me, the quotes kind of... They're kind of, uh, again, I, I kind of relate things to, to thoughts and feelings. So it's, it's almost like a, a, a technique for creating an understanding or, or a gateway to an understanding. And the quote kind of reminds me of a certain idea or experience that I'm looking to create. So that quote, um, I think, uh, I want to say that that came to me when uh, I was working on the section in 52 weeks about confidence and it quotes kind of helped me summarize a lot of these ideas as well. They just, they just come at times. And when I read other ones from, from other people, I like to sit with them and kind of work backwards, kind of like a, like deconstruct what they were looking to probably express through that quote and challenge myself to, to come up with a broad understanding from a, a very short statement. And it's just a fun exercise and practice I like to do. But when I, when they come to me, it's, it's more of a, uh, a summary of an idea, I think. And yes, it's, it simplifies it for me. So I think that one really resonated with me and and I really felt uh pretty good about that one because to me um everything is about oneness and I like to to think that we're only experiencing ourselves our own psychology so to compare myself to someone means I'm only comparing myself to myself and if there's no one like the confidence truly on a deeper level is understanding that it's only me I'm dealing with. So why would I ever feel less than or greater than when all there is, is me. So there's nothing to compare myself to it. And when you walk around understanding that all is everything that you, every person you see is only a reflection of your own psychology. Now, how could you be, insecure how could you feel less than how could you judge somebody else when you understand that that's only a self-judgment so it just kind of resonated with me like that like understanding deeper in my opinion a, a deeper understanding is that there is nothing to compare myself to because there's only my own thoughts my own psychology my own reflection as the sculpture was meant to express no i love it Thank you, Maurice. No problem. Maurice, do you have a message that you would like to share with our listeners about self-love? 
Yes, I do. I think if nothing else, I really invite and encourage everyone to consider exploring the idea of your thoughts creating your emotional experience. So no matter what you're feeling, whether it's anxious, you have anxiety about something, you're nervous about something, you're afraid, you feel depressed, you feel sad, you feel angry, explore what's happening within your your mind in those moments. Explore what thoughts you have when you're having those emotional experiences and notice the connection between what you're thinking and what you're feeling and maybe try and explore what happens when you change those thoughts, when you start thinking about something different, instead of saying and believing someone hurts your feelings, see what happens if you explore the idea. Well, maybe that person was just having a bad day. Maybe if I talk to them about what was going on with them, I can understand better why they did what they did or said what they said. Just see how shifting from that to that perspective from the one you initially had affects the way you feel. Explore playing with different thoughts and different perspectives, really, in those states of negative emotion and see what that does to how you feel and how you experience your emotions in those moments. I think just exploring that can go a long way. So that's the one message I would give. Just consider exploring the connection between thoughts and feelings. Fantastic. Well, Maurice, it has been such a pleasure to talk with you today. And um, I find your message so inspirational, as I've said before, and I certainly hope people will grab a hold of it and and consider and maybe maybe this practice of self love um, if if they come to terms and and want to change um, their their dialogue and all of those sorts of things that their I don't know their life will be a positive reflection you know or a positive just move move forward in a more fluid positive manner i guess that's what i'm trying to say instead of staying in a space of potential negativity or a reactive state constantly so um thank you very very much for your time and before i let you go though I do have some questions that I like to ask uh, everybody at the end of the podcast and and have a little bit of fun um, and ask about some of your favorite things. But um, so um, what is your favorite art medium? It's a great question. I, I really love all art. So I would if I had to pick something, I would say. I would say film movies okay wonderful really love watching movies uh-huh okay how about your favorite style of food favorite style of food i, w- I would say if this is a style i would say plant-based okay so any anything plant-based okay cool um what about your favorite philosopher do you have one i have a few um i like manly p hall as well as uh, Ernest Holmes, and I would say Rudolf Steiner Okay, are among my favorites. Awesome. All right. And how about a favorite book? 
fucking gone all day with that question. Uh, let's see. Well, currently, I'm reading a, I'm reading The Law of One by Ra. That's a book that's yeah, that The Law of One. I'll just keep it at that. Okay. And another one is uh, Love and Law. And another one is Esoteric Lessons. Um, it's a part of the collection of works by Rudolf Steiner. So I will go with those three right now. All right. Wonderful. Well, I will include those in the write-up so that folks can grab a hold of them if they would like to. And the final question is, what's your favorite season of the year? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I would say the fall, if I had to pick one. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it basically around this time Yeah, we're in right now. Yep. Fall is the time of harvest. <laughs> exactly. Well, Maurice, I, I wanted to thank you for joining us um, today on the podcast. I, I think your message is so important. I think it's so timely. And, you know, to reiterate what Sherry said, it's it's absolutely inspiring to, to myself. And I hope that all the listeners... Um, can learn um, and, you know, like you said, take away from from your concepts what they feel is right for them. Um, but I just think that truly it, it's a blessing um, what you're trying to do. And and I definitely am going to support you and I'm going to buy that book and be part of the million. I know that you can I do appreciate it. That. If- Thank you. And I appreciate you both, Sherry and Maria, for having this conversation and giving me all these amazing questions so that I can share all the information I have about self-love. And I also wanted to just put out there that this is something I truly enjoy talking about and I'm open to talk to anybody if they have any questions or, or uh, any curiosity. Um, One of the best ways to reach me, I don't know if you all are going to post any of that, but um. Instagram self love project is the the Instagram title for the page okay. self love spelled backwards so e v o l f l e s project on Instagram will probably be one of the best ways to reach me but again I'm this is my favorite subject I think about it every day all day I love talking to people about it so if anyone wants to have a discussion I'm definitely open or they could send you a message on Facebook. <laughs> I'm, I'm rarely on Facebook, though, so. It was so several years ago. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But yes. Fantastic. We will definitely include your um, Instagram handle on the in the write-up there, um, awesome. because that was one of my final questions to you, as well as how can people get in touch with you if, if they would like to, to discuss this further. So um, thank you for sharing that. Thank you, and I appreciate you both. Absolutely. Well, it's been a pleasure, Maurice, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you, you too. Thank you for listening to our Behind the Warrior podcast. This series is provided to you by the EOD Warrior Foundation. To learn more, please visit us on Facebook or at eodwarriorfoundation.org. And don't forget to tell a friend.